Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody who is listening or watching and tuning in to today with Kicking It With Cardolas. I am your host, Michelle Cardolas, and today I have a super awesome guest, Miss Ailey Vaith, who we're going to be talking about the bodybuilding world. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, we've got um, seven regional shows, two national shows, went pro two years ago, and is currently in prep. That is a whole lot of shows. There's a whole lot of shows. So today, thank you for coming, first of all, by the way. Um, I wanted to bring you on today because you are an IFBB Bikini Pro, and there is a massive difference between being a pro and being an athlete who's trying to do bodybuilding or bikini yeah. or wellness, whatever that is. And so being <laughs> in the NPC and being you know pro status and going through that journey, all the pluses, all of the minuses, all the struggles, and all the victories... I feel like you could provide really interesting insight to people that are listening or that are watching when this goes up into YouTube, just about what actually entails a prep and what happens in behind the scenes. So tell me, oh, for sure. tell me about you. <laughs> okay. Well, you are totally right. Yes. Thank you again for having me on here. Um, there's a huge difference between NPC or the amateur level to a pro level. And even once you turn pro, there are a lot of, um, not necessarily road bumps, but obstacles you have to overcome once you get to that point. Um, so if you're trying to be like really serious in the sport, there's just so many things that you have to just keep in mind and start analyzing. And I would say one of the most important things to start with is just like figuring out your non-negotiables and like mm. who you are and like what matters most to you because you're going to have a lot of people out there who are going to say you have to do this or do that or um, maybe really poor communication like there's there's just a lot out there so like me as a person um, as Ali I really focus in a lot on mindset and um, stuff that incorporates building a better like daily schedule and um, bringing me up because like, you know, being good at getting your food down and working out is like obviously part of, part of life. Like you, mm -hmm. if you want to be a bodybuilder, you have to have those things down. So the next step to that is actually building yourself up because going through this process, um, it's changed me in a lot of ways and it's made me a lot stronger in a lot of ways. But I've also watched a lot of people around me like dissolve because mm -hmm. of it. And well, I'm going to ask you a question here just to interject. So as somebody who has gone, who started bodybuilding, you've done numerous shows when you first started. And I think this applies to a lot of people who are scrolling Instagram, scrolling Facebook, seeing all these competitors, you know, photo shoots and they're journeying in their vlogs about, you know, being on point and prep life, prep diaries. As somebody who is starting out in health and fitness, and seeing all of these people that are actually competitors, do you think, like, how do you bridge the gap? So, you know, obviously there is a difference between being somebody who just wants, like, I want to get control of my health, I want to get fit, like, holy shit, these people look amazing and sculpted and, like, fantastic on stage. I want to do that. And you huh. and I know as coaches, because for those of you that don't know, Allie is a prep coach, so she will, she will prep you if you want to go and compete into a show. But I'm curious your your viewpoint or your standpoint on somebody that's, you know, a quote unquote average Joe, I want to do a show. Tell me about that. 
Okay. So a lot of my clients are the average Joe starting out and you know, you have to take in consideration somebody's metabolism. You have to take into consideration their muscle development, their maturity that they have. And all these things are going to make a difference in like someone's starting point. But if we have somebody who's working out for a couple of years, maybe go back to back or back to when I was in 2015 and I had this thought of becoming, I didn't even think I was going to become a pro. I just wanted to look good. Like really my whole life growing up, like I had this little teeny like thought in my mind, like, man, it'd be so cool to like teach fitness classes, be on the front of a magazine cover, to be able to help other people. Like there's always been something in me that's wanted that. So I think it all starts with your purpose mm-hmm. and your why, because mm-hmm. dude, this sport is grueling. It's brutal. It fucks up your head in so many ways, which I know we're going to get to, which is super yep. fun to talk about, but <laughs> you have to like, you have to know why you're doing this shit and it can't be for anyone else. It can't be to look a specific way. It, it has to like bring you value in another way. So whenever I am looking for client or when clients come to me, I make them go through my program now, which kind of bets them mm-hmm. into the right mindset. Um, because I truly believe that if you really want something you can get it and it doesn't matter where your starting point is you hell yes like you can get it and Mm -hmm. you just have to know that your starting point might be one to three years it could be one to five years it could be one to ten years i know competitors who went pro after 10 years of competing i know girls who've done 10 15 national shows before they went pro i was lucky enough to go pro at my second one and i don't even count my first one like Mm -hmm. my first one was like two years before my my second one um and that comes down to having the right coach and having the knowledge of what the sport actually even means so if you have the passion the purpose and you have done a little bit of research yourself hopefully a lot of research um Mm -hmm. into what the sport actually means and it's something you want to pursue your next step would be finding a coach or a mentor that can lead you into the better direction of like becoming a bodybuilder. Cause it's, it's not like just eat your meals and work out. There's mm-hmm. so much more. <laughs> and, and even just to get from the amateur to a national level, like good luck. Like that's where most people are weeded out. Right. Yeah. And then a lot of people who are really good, they get to the national level and they can't handle that. It's hard. You're competing against 30, usually very great looking females or males. Mm-hmm. And only one person goes pro at those shows. Like, you know, you're especially, your especially in, in bikini, right? So, you know, bikini tends to be, bikini and figure tend to be the largest divisions of most bodybuilding mm-hmm. competition. Um, oh, yeah. you know, bikini is considered to be like level one, right? You know, in terms of muscle composition and leanness when, mm-hmm. when going through those shows. So it tends, so uh, Again, you mentioned something very um, important that I want to point out is amateurs because bikini is, it seems to be the be all end all of anybody, you know, that, pe- that haven't been doing research because research is very important. Um, I want to try a show. I'm going to do bikini. You know, that's yeah. everybody's mentality, right? And so um, coming from my own, you know, history of um, the bodybuilding world, not that I, I never did step on stage and, you know, I did injure myself very badly while I was in a prep. Um, but I had, you know, a couple years of 
going to shows and being friends with shows and people that I competed and was in that scene and was extremely hardcore and diligent with my food and my nutrition, which again, did, did lead to some other issues that we're going to talk about. But oh, yeah. I think, I think <laughs> it's in, I think it's important that again, you know, is because I've talked to many of my own people in terms of, you know, of a lifestyle client who's wanting to get healthy and fitness. They're like, Oh, I think I'd want to do a show. And I'm like, you need to be prepared that getting ready for a show is not like I'm going to go for a run. I want to do yeah. a 5k run. Yeah, it is a not totally different game. <laughs> um, you said something else really important too that I'd love for you to talk on is knowing your purpose and why you want to do the show. So I want to ask you this as somebody who has competed and has competed numerous times and as somebody who has coached people, and I'm just going to put in here that everybody you've ever coached for a show is always placed top five. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> I'll point that out there. Um, for the people that say, I want to do a show for the journey, do yeah. you believe it? Do you buy into it? What are your thoughts on that? So, the whole point of a journey is to learn and grow as you go through it and to acquire those skills and the mindset and uh, eventually get to the landing point. But that point seems very far away when you're in the world of bodybuilding and uh once you get there it's not always what you thought it would be especially if you're doing it for a different reason um that's not like your truly your purpose you have to be able to connect it to a lot of things and for me it's um transformed over time like I did not start this and 2015 when I started working out again harder like I've always worked out my whole life but it took some time you know mm -hmm. and in 2015 when I was like hey I want to go after something I'm gonna start competing like I knew that I needed a challenge I needed yeah. something that was going to push me to work harder push me in the direction of the career path that I wanted to be in and kind of give me no options I mean mm -hmm. before I started stepping on stage I barely passed communications classes. Like, I mean, I passed them because I was good at like writing, but like being in front of people scared the shit out of me. Like I always opted towards like track and swimming and I would never get on like a stage for theater. Like anytime I had to accept an award, I'd like die, like, you know, cold sweat. So I had all these fears and limiting beliefs based upon, you know, being in front of people. And I, I always had these really big, dreams and goals like I said before like kind of being in the limelight so for me it was like I want these things but I'm afraid of them yeah <laughs> and so my purpose kind of derived from like me becoming like a stronger best version of myself and I didn't realize I was really doing that until like deeper in like a couple years past and I finally go pro and I start becoming a lot more aware of who I am and like myself as I go and I see that in a lot of competitors as well um because you have to become more aware yeah because there's a lot of other issues that are going along like you said something super great and it was like all the struggles like it's not just like prepping for like a running event like there's so many mm -hmm. things that come up like you have to deal with relationship issues with people wanting you to take drugs with um, you know, time commitments, like, can your career handle it? Can you, can, like, there's no balance when you compete, like, you mm -hmm. take 
the, the meter and you put it all the way down and you go full force towards this like one goal. And for a lot of people, that isn't a maintainable part of their life. Like if you don't have like that deep underseated like purpose or why for you, you're not going to have the drive. You're going to self-sabotage. Like there's going to be, it, I don't know. It's just, it gets too hairy. So when I'm looking for new competitors, I'm, I want to know why they want to do it. And usually it's because they want to be the best version of themselves. Like when someone says anything that relates to that, I'm like, mm -hmm. great. Like yeah. that means that if you're doing it for you. Yeah. And well, yeah. I think, you know, that's the thing is that sometimes it's a gray line of, you know, people, they get into competing into the bodybuilding world because they want to look really great on stage and they want to feel good about themselves, but it becomes, mm -hmm. it's because it's coming from insecurities in themselves. And so mm -hmm. they need that encouragement and they need that acknowledgement and they need that validation. They're like, Hey, you look amazing. Like, great job. Fantastic. Holy shit. Like you're awesome. And so that's why, that's why I asked, I'm like, do you think that when people say, Oh, I don't care if I win or I lose, it's all about the journey. People want to win. Yeah. Let's be real. People yeah. want to win. Right. And so, you know, I personally have a heart. I'm like, is it about the journey? Because you can't just compete and not want to win. <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah. I always want to win. So, I always want to win. It's not about the, it is about the journey in the sense of what you learn about yourself. But when it comes to like the actual competition and the time and the work you're putting in, you want to mm -hmm. fucking win. And if you don't have that mindset that you want to be the best, you are not going to do well in this sport either mm -hmm. like it breaks you down and I do have like have to say like I went through many highs and lows in this sport and last year broke me like you know I did my first pro show I got fourth place next to Olympians and then preceding that I got top 10 at New York pro I placed top five before that or after that two other shows and I've only had one show where I hadn't gotten a top 10 placing mm -hmm. and for most people especially as a rookie they'd be like that's an awesome year. That's a great season. Well, yeah. for me, I, I like was like, what is my life? You know, yeah. like what's, why, what's my yeah. purpose? Like, why am I doing this anymore? This is a waste of time. Yeah. And you know, you have to be able to pull your head out of your ass when you're having that feeling and just realize mm -hmm. this was just the season. Um, but if you don't have that competitive edge, I guess that would be another really important part of this mm -hmm. in your, in you, you don't have that competitive bone. Then you shouldn't compete like <laughs> yeah. well and you, and you said something too interesting and I think this applies to anybody who's competing in any type of thing whether it's in martial arts or running or obstacle courses or triathlons or bodybuilding is that the longer that you're in it what tends to happen I see a lot of people and myself included this has happened 100% is that we we get so consumed with the journey and the progress and the process that we forget oh, yeah. to come back to our why what, why did I do this in the first place? Why do I want to compete? Why did I get into health and fitness? Why yep. did I want to do this? Right. You know, so it's always very, I think it's very prevalent to always come back to the why, know your why and your why has to be more than something superficial. Of, uh -huh. I want to look good. Right. So especially in this sport where bodybuilding is the sport that is breaking down your every physical appearance. And so awareness and emotional stability and, you know, self-confidence has to really be in alignment in this sport because somebody is going to pick you apart. That is, oh, yeah. the, that is the purpose of the sport. You're getting judged on everything. Like everything. I cannot tell you how my daily life gets disrupted by 
my progress with my prep, everything could be aligned, my work, my relationships, mm -hmm. the money I'm making, everything's dandy. But the fact that the fucking scale hasn't moved in three weeks, I'm going to have a breakdown later that day. I'm probably going to cry while I'm at the gym and say, what the hell? Like, you know, and then the next day I'm fine because I'm like, okay, that was just like me getting in my ego and me mm -hmm. like, you know, getting stressed and not remembering my purpose and my why for all this. Like I'm just yeah. getting worked up for no fucking reason, but it's like, <laughs> you have to be so aware because you get worked up for a few days straight. You're self-sabotaging, you're eating food, you're skipping the gym you forget why you're doing anything. Like your whole life feels like it's in shambles when it's, you haven't lost a couple pounds. And that right there is like just the ice, like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to like the mental struggles that you deal with when you start competing. Let's, like, perfect. Let's get into it. So yeah. average Joe has goes, goes, Allie, I want to compete in a bikini show, you know, and I have my purpose and this is my why. And you know, I want to win, but it's okay if I don't, I want to enjoy it, go on the journey and you know, in the process, what's, you know, even take that back of, you know, I've been watching 900 bikini pros on Instagram. This looks like a piece of cake and so much fun. What's really going on in a prep behind the scenes? Tell me about that. <laughs> okay. So there's going to be a couple different options. Now let's say you have a normal coach uh, towards the bad side, which is majority of prep coaches out there that I've come across. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my clients, they come to me with a previous coach and I always ask for the plan because I need to know where the metabolism is and what they were yeah. doing. And from. I'm like, honestly in shock with half of them. So let's say you have one of those coaches where you get the, you pay a hundred hundred two hundred dollars a month you get the cookie cutter plan you do the monthly they make you do a six month membership maybe a year only contract all that bullshit not saying contracts are always bullshit but in a prep like you're forcing someone to do something when they you know it's just there's a lot of red flags leading up to picking a coach that's a different story mm -hmm. but let's say they you have a normal coach you're gonna have to realize that if you haven't already adopted a balanced life balanced lifestyle as in you are eating your normal meal preps you're very good at cooking every single day slash every four days so you're meal prepping your fucking life like you're bringing your food with you to the restaurant you're bringing your food with you to work you're bringing your food with you post-workout you're not going out to eat you're not going to places, you're saying no to friends and social times, you have to overcome your fears and your struggles of alcohol or any type of food addiction because you can't be around those things when you're in prep if you have any type of weird feeling towards it. I used to drink a lot. I, If you give me a shot and I'm on prep, I'll binge drink the whole night. Mm -hmm. I didn't drink for, I think, four or five, four months straight whenever I went pro. Like, I had to give it up. Mm -hmm. So you start thinking of all these little things that you normally do that now you're just giving up in your life and you don't have to. So I, I always preach balance, but if you have a coach who like isn't in your life and isn't teaching you mindset and isn't talking to you every week, like I do, then you're not going to know these things and you're going to think cookie cutter plant. I have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be eating probably a handful of foods, which I don't believe in flexible dieting whenever I'm prepping someone, mm -hmm. but 
I also don't give people, here's your egg whites, almonds, and asparagus chicken. meals. And every, chicken. Yeah, for every fucking meal. So I just want to point that out because that's a really <laughs> big difference that people need to be aware of and they need to be aware of going into it as to the mindset is that this is not flexible eating. This is no. not, this is not lifestyle eating, lifestyle no. living. And there's a massive no. difference between coaching the two. And so as somebody who, who I have coached, we both coach people, you know, we both coach people through, you know, health and races and, um, you know, getting ready for things and flexible eating and lifestyle and mindset, you know, and all those types of things. Uh-huh. Prep is not it. Flexible goes out the window. But the way that you coach, there is some options. Yes, definitely. Yes. And that's, that's going to be a difference, but you have to be aware that like most coaches out there, unless you are very specific with who you choose and you bet them through a, a questionnaire process, you're going to get kind of stuck with probably not the best coach. So if like from a normal perspective, like you're going to get a plan that you're going to have to follow strategically nine times out of 10, they're going to give you more cardio than you should have to do and with that being said though you have to realize to be good at this you're going to have to go to extremes so yeah doing an hour and a half of cardio a day isn't healthy on top of your workouts eating a thousand calories but you know what I've eaten 850 calories for three weeks straight while doing an hour and a half of cardio 30 minutes of it was high intensity running and I was doing my lifts on top of it. That's what I had to do to get down to a 9% body fat percentage. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's the common misconception I think is that, <laughs> oh, I can be healthy and I can lose weight. I'll just do a show. No. Because you see everybody's stage photos and they're lean as fuck. And so it's interesting, like how you say is that it takes extremes. And some people I know some people don't go 800 calories. Some people do a thousand. Oh, yeah. Some people, some people have great metabolism still. Yeah. Yep. Or they some run drugs. Than 2000, right? So, but, th- but that's it, right? Is how much of it is truth on social media versus what's actually oh, yeah. going on? Tell me your thoughts on that. So social media definitely plays up the glam of it. I like to say that myself and a handful of IPB pros I follow, keep it natural, keep it real kind of show the nitty gritty, talk about the hard things. And I appreciate that because um, there's nothing worse than giving false hope to a lot of the younger girls. Like the sport's becoming very, very, very popular all of a sudden, especially with like high schoolers and young college girls. And mm-hmm. like, not to put y'all down, cause some of you guys have really good, like mature levels of thinking and wisdom, but mm, this shit <laughs> is not meant for 19 year olds, unless you have a mindset coach to go along mm-hmm. with it. Like coaching makes the difference. Coaching yeah. makes the difference. It can make or break somebody literally. Yeah. And with social media, you seem to see no one talking about performance enhancing drugs, peeps, and steroids, to- steroids for those that don't know, steroids. or gear or yeah. Bodybuilding people will say, are you on gear? And if you don't know what that means, you're talking about drugs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, yeah, gear. Every, <sighs> so bikini is the one division that you could get away with not being on gear. Mm-hmm. Unless you do natural shows, maybe some men's physique will do it. You know, if you're doing a natural show, everyone's natural. But let's talk about the actual IFBB NPC. Mm-hmm. 
nine times out of 10, you're a pro. I would say I'm a very, 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 very rare city of not being on drugs as a IPV bikini pro. Mm-hmm. Most of them are. No one's going to admit it. I, I know so many girls and I know what they take. I know what they do. I know what their coaches do. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's also very important to ask your coach a question about drugs. Like, I know we'll get into this in a minute, but it's, if you don't ask them, they're going to assume and they're just going to put you on it. But when it comes to like the reality of Instagram versus like real life is you're not seeing the shit that we deal with mentally, the food struggles, the body dysmorphia, the breakdowns, the literally having to give up your social life because you get to that body extreme. Like I'm just throwing it out there. It doesn't matter how many, how many calories you're consuming or what drugs you're on or or any of that, your body will feel like it got hit by a fucking train those few weeks leading into a show. It does not matter if you're eating 3,000 calories or 1,000. You are working to an absolute extreme with your body. You're pushing it to levels that you shouldn't, which makes a lot of issues. Um, <laughs> Let's go with that. Let's go that way. It does. You know, and as somebody, yes, you know, as somebody is, um, I've talked about this on another podcast where I've talked a little about my story, but particularly when I was um, in prep and I was in the bodybuilding crowd um, and I was getting prepping for women's physique, which is a whole, again, is a whole other level of strength training and the length of strength training and the months leading into it for muscle development and for muscle size and and for leanness. um, You have to be perfect with everything you really do. And it, like you said, it really does start to get into your head of I'm not enough because I'm not being perfect enough. And, you know, 80, 90% in bodybuilding world is not enough. And so it's yeah. really easy to get, you know, sucked into that mindset trap of counting every single calorie. Cause in the end that calorie matters and yeah. every single minute and every single step on the stair stepper and weighing everything that you're eating and being on time with your water. and um, you become obsessed. I know yeah. I did. You oh, yeah. Packing for coolers of Tupperware to go to my sister's wedding. And I was fully yep. prepared. I was like, I'm eating my prep food at the head table. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? So oh, yeah. I'm going to be in that situation. I'm the maid of honor in a wedding the week before my show, if it still happens. Like, <laughs> so, Oh gosh. So like you were saying with the extreme tracking, everything comes down to how perfect you can be. Mm-hmm. And you always feel like you're not doing enough because of that. And you start thinking, okay, well, I used the dressing I maybe shouldn't have. Maybe I used too much salt. Did I did I not sleep well enough? Is my stress up? Like um did I not work out hard enough? Should I, did I push it enough when I was lifting? Did I do every single minute? Like all these little things start just like giving you stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have like a core daily habit implemented on how to do Sprava and fucking chill out, like <laughs> you are going to spin off and explode. And generally you don't see the explosion on people until after their show. But so many people fail out of a show before they even get to it because of this. And, and it's not failing because I think what happens is if someone is aware and smart enough and they realize they don't want to do a show is they 
take themselves out of it. They realize how it's making them and they're mm -hmm. aware to know that that's not like part of their value and their purpose anymore. Yeah. But if you aren't aware <laughs> and you aren't strong enough and you don't like, you know, like me every morning, do my meditation, my, my morning, my goal setting, mm -hmm. you're going to go a little bit crazy in the pursuit of being perfect. And the scale will start messing with you. Um, most, okay. I, I don't know if the statistics are right, but it was saying like about 50% of competitors have dealt with some type of addiction, whether it was like mm -hmm. weight loss addiction or gaining, or maybe it was uh, drugs or alcohol. Uh, usually a lot of people who are addicted to something, they have that personality type where it's like, if they can find something that's healthier and it works for them, it's a good stick. So a lot of competitors have that mindset of getting to an extreme. So you see a lot of females, especially never really lose their off season body, which is not good for a female. Um, <laughs> yes, like, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> um, of course you, you can females. say that. It's very yeah. hard. Logically, prep is hard on your body. It's extremely yeah. hard on your body. And to maintain that year round is like chemically and like hormonally and metabolically is like catastrophic on your body to maintain that year round. Oh yeah. It's, it's a little scary. And you coming out of a show or even leading into it, you create a body dysmorphia. I made a really cool post one time and, um, it was just showing a picture of me and I was bent over, I was brushing my teeth and my boyfriend was like, don't move. Like your back looks like the alien. Like, and I was like, Oh, cool. So he takes a picture of it and I'm like, damn, that's a little sick. And <laughs> didn't really think anything of it. But then I was looking back at pictures not too long ago thinking, man, like, I miss being lean. Like, look how fucking disgustingly skinny I was for this show. Like, because that is the thing. When you see me in real life right before a show, you, you would think that I was probably, like, in a hospital for anorexia. That's how mm -hmm. disgustingly skinny I get. Like, I look like I'm dying. Like, with muscles. Like there's, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. to explain it. Your, eye, your eyes tend to sink in. They get very black. Usually like I know people yeah. last two weeks, especially the week out. Oh man. Oh yeah. Like, so bad. Prep brain literally is a thing. Like you are brain dead. You shouldn't be driving. You have to have somebody with you. You need somebody to help you with your food. Like you are, you cannot think. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't explain to you how many times I've broken down crying because my water ran out or my food supply ran out after two and a half hours. Like if I, it's like a clock. Once you don't get food and you're in that big of a deficit and like your brain starts playing so many games on you. So like mm -hmm. mentally it messes you up with like your regulation of like emotions. And, um, that's another issue. It's back to the, the body dysmorphia. Um, you don't realize how small you're getting. And then when you start gaining weight, you think you're way bigger than you are. Like, I always joke that I'm like my fat right now, but like, I know I look fine. Like, but when I'm reversing up and I'm going through the weight gain and the seeing the number go up and the weight gain and seeing how clothes are not fitting right, I'm not going to opt to wear a crop top, even though I know I look good. Mm -hmm. Why, like, I don't take pictures on the beach with my abs out, even though I could, and people would still be like, oh, you look great. Not to me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you start creating all these like fake, horrible guidelines and I don't know, just like beliefs in your head 
by going through such a grueling process, like things that you didn't think or feel before. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So two things I want to touch on, uh, and we kind of briefly talked about it is performance enhancing drugs, steroids uh -huh. here. So I think it is, you know, very, very prevalent in the bodybuilding world, unless you're competing at a natural show. Um, most natural shows are drug tested. I know they are in Canada. Uh -huh. I'm, sure, I'm sure they are in the States too, if you're doing an actual natural live pro show. Um, pro show. Um, most people are on them. You don't need to be, especially at Bikini. Um, and again, you've touched on something really important is coaching. You need to have a conversation with your coach up front of what you're willing to take, what you're willing not to take, what you're uh, willing to do, how far you're willing to go. And uh, the one thing I think that's really important about this and this, this topic in general is that it's not a fix. No. It's not a fix. And I think a lot of people in this industry Sorry, I think a lot of people, if you're not in this industry, see people in the industry taking drugs and like, oh, well, they're that lean because they take drugs. Oh, they're that oh, strong yeah. because they take drugs. And it's, you know, and I, in complete transparency, when I was very first getting into the bodybuilding world, I 100% was like, I'm never taking drugs. That's cheating. And like, they, they make them so much bigger and they're so much leaner. And until I knew and went through more fitness training myself and went through bodybuilding and new bodybuilding friends and had a, an actual prep coach, I had no idea uh, that it's not a fix. And you, if you don't bust your ass in the gym and if you're not on point with your nutrition and you're not in constant communication with your coach, you can take all the fucking drugs you want and it is not going to save your ass. Yep. So tell me about that, your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I, like you have no, I have no qualms with, with peds, like whatever, yeah. if you're running gear, I mean, that's part of the sport. So I do think that like, I, I, I get frustrated when people talk shit about it because it's part of the sport. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what people don't get about that. They'll they'll get angry or upset or like you were saying when you first start, you don't understand it. So like you think it's cheating, which yeah, I guess kind of is like if you're natural and you don't have it, like maybe you're cheating slightly, but at the same time, you're really not because like you were saying before, just because you're taking a drug does not mean you'll put on any mass. Mm -hmm. If you give a man who doesn't work out steroids and he continues to not work out and not eat you will not see him change at all nothing will change he will look the exact same he might lose some weight because his metabolism sped up but yep cool like maybe maybe he put on a pound of pound of muscle just because his body's like hey you lifted a can of soup today great like <laughs> but it, it takes forever like i've i've coached people that have taken drugs not like it's not me giving them the drugs but yep. I see how it changes them. And it's very small changes unless you're running mass amounts. And let's bring it down to a bikini level, even a women's physique level. You are not trying to become a man. Like mm -hmm. I, I've been lifting very hard for five years, never messed around with like those type of drugs, like the steroids. And I, this is as big as I've gotten. So that's a huge misconception that females get large. Females I've been trying get to get large, large forever. I know. Not working. You know how much I try to get large? I've been trying to grow these damn shoulders five fucking years. No. <laughs> but that's but, another misconception too, is that women in bodybuilding, you know, women's physique or bikini or figure or whatever take steroids and they get jacked as fuck and look like a man. Yeah. I no. wish. Yeah, they wish. 
the bodybuilders who look like men, just throwing this out there, are running so many drugs that there's no way they're having children. They have like man penis or female penises and they have like man voices and lots of other issues going on with their body. They are not, they're not functioning as a female really anymore. And they have been training hard. For like 30 years. Consistently. (laughs) Some of them have only been training for five years, but that is their life. That is their life is training, eating, prep, show, train, eat, prep, show, train. That's their life, right? So they do they have the muscle memory and you know the endurance and the strength and they're constantly in hypertrophy of you know tearing down building tearing down building and they're diligent as fuck even with taking even with taking a lot of drugs so even you know the people that have you got to put in the time you you know it's so much time they're not gonna they're not gonna fix you they're not necessarily gonna win you the show you can still be on drugs and lose oh 100 okay so bikini for instance let's bring it down to this level yes there are lots of females on drugs as a amateur, but especially as a pro. And, you know, I don't need to call anyone out, but I'm just saying the top 10 is not natural. Like, let's, not. <laughs> let's just throw that out there. There might be one or two sprinkled in there. I, I don't remember who the list was, but I do know for a fact that most of them aren't. And, and I think being naive and not accepting that is going to be an issue for you if you do progress in the sport and you do have a hard no for drugs. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to come up with the, that's okay, I could be natural and work just as hard. You have to work maybe a little bit harder to maintain that muscle as you go into a cut, Mm -hmm. but it's possible. Like, it is possible, just like- You did. Yeah, I mean, I went (laughs) pro natural. And I also went pro without a full bling bikini. You can break the rules, like- Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, that comes down to really good coaching, right? And so, you know, having your experience and gone through it and showing what's possible and how to do it and having, you know, and having the mental struggle and going through body dysmorphia, um, you know, all of these, these challenges and tribulations and having one shows and getting your pro card and now being able to help others down this bikini path. This brings me to my next question. What good came out of it? Why do you compete? Why would you help other people compete? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, So for a while, I think I wasn't being honest with myself. Like you, you heard my whys and my purpose, what I thought uh, before, but I think a lot of it came down to, well, if I don't compete and I don't do well at this, how am I going to run a successful business? Who would want me as their coach? Why would anyone pay for someone who's just a bikini competitor. There's so many coaches out there nowadays. Like what mm-hmm. makes me special? And I think I really struggled with learning that and understanding that till I became a lot more confident in who I was. So I would say mm-hmm. this whole entire process has taught me a lot of things, like what hard work actually is, not giving up on yourself, how to build confidence, um, you know, creating new friendships. Like it's a very close-knit community Mm -hmm. once you get in it and when you're not in it it seems like everyone's so above you and you're not you're not there but like I'm telling you if you put in the time years no one's going to start a bikini competition and become a prep coach in two years and if you are doing that you most likely either went to school for it or you're really good at it but most people they're just claiming they're a prep coach 
Yeah. Because <laughs> that the, happens. The, they want to exactly. show and I'm a coach. Exactly. And the time is not long enough. I'm telling you, you have to put in your dues to, mm-hmm. to like really learn who you are. So I'd say like learning myself has been like the number one um, thing. And when it comes down to why I want to help other people, it's because I know how many bad coaches are out there. I also know how many females could really benefit from my type of coaching and mm-hmm. just that type of thing. I also love the social aspect of it. Um, the bodybuilding really- community for sure is like, is no other. It's, it's, it's almost cult like, like CrossFit. Like those people, mm-hmm. they have your back. They do. They got it your is. back. They'll support you. They'll check in on you. Um, you know, it's very hard. Again, two things is, you know, again, having a really good relationship with your coach because oh, you, yeah. have, you have to be able to pick up the phone and be like, I'm looking at a cookie. Yeah. About four weeks out. What do I can't, I want to eat the cookie. I'm sitting here crying because I want the cookie. You need to be able to talk to yeah. people, right? <laughs> you know, but again, you same thing, you know, with your, with your fellow people, your fellow athletes that are on your team or in the sport or, you know, really pushing each other and driving each other and, and they'll care. They, you know, if anything, one positive for sure, you know, my own experience. And like you said as well in yours, the support in the community and the tribe of people that are in that industry. Oh yeah. When you're in it, they got you. They got you. Yeah. It's super cool. You start realizing that if this is something you want and you can stick with, and it's going to be a career path for you possibly, like it's a cool one to be in. And it's just, it takes time. And when it, with the, with helping people and serving others with the bikini competitions, I just want to really empower women, like show people that they could be the leaders that they are. Like everything's already mm-hmm. inside of you and like bringing that out and people really gives me like, it just makes me really excited and happy because like, I know my journey and how hard it was to get to what I thought would be success and everything. And I, like, I'm exactly where I wanted to be almost like maybe a couple months behind. Like mm-hmm. once I went in Olympia and start making a hundred K a year, I'll be where I always wanted to be. <laughs> but you know, even without those goals, like learning that those things don't define me and like, don't make me me. Like I want to teach that to other people. Cause like everyone has that dream and that vision. And it's really hard for people to think that it's ever possible. And I think mm. bikini competing is one of those type of dreams. It's definitely one of those. I don't know if I should do that or could do that ever. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, and that's again, the whole reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast and on the show today is because, you know, it's talking with, you know, warrior women who are, you know, quote unquote ordinary, who have done something extraordinary and not everybody goes pro. And so it's, you know, you can look at Nicole Wilkins and you can look at Dana Lynn Bailey and you can look at, you know, these, these top athletes who are very well known in the industry. And, and it's easy to look at them and go, I could never, they're so far above me. They're so far you know, well into the industry that I could never reach that it's not possible. And, you know, my whole purpose and vision behind my coaching is that change is possible. And so, you know, you are a very relevant example of somebody who just had a normal fitness background and just really wanted a goal to be driven and to be passionate and to see how far you could go and push yourself outside of your comfort zone because you Mm -hmm. didn't like being in front of people. Oh no, I still get nervous. (laughs) You put yourself directly into a sport where not only are people looking at you, they are really looking at you. So probably one of the most uncomfortable situations and, and continue to do so pushing through adversity, pushing through struggles, 
maintaining your purpose, finding out just, you know, how far you could really push yourself. And then as an ordinary person, achieve pro. And that's pretty fucking extraordinary. So, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, it is extraordinary, you know, and that's it is that you're a very normal person who reached and achieved something pretty freaking awesome. And so what better person to have as a coach is somebody who's lived it, breathed it, done it and reached it. Exactly. Definitely hire a coach who's in the community. Uh, I see a lot of girls that come from coaches that do like powerlifting or CrossFit or maybe just lifestyle and eh. prep as a whole is a whole <laughs> other thing. And so I would love for you to touch on that just as we're getting closer to end of wrapping this up here is yeah. because you've seen people come from bad coaches or coaches that aren't giving, you know, prep clients the the attention and care and what they actually and need. science and with science what they need and I have definitely seen my fair share of coaches when I went through my bodybuilding experience of like are you fucking kidding me because prep is a whole other level yeah. what, what do you think if you could tell your top three things that you would tell somebody is that somebody who wants to compete and is looking for a prep coach your top three things that they need to look for so once you have your your guidelines in your head kind of figured out and what your non-negotiables are, you need to ask, I think the first and utmost one would be about performance enhancing drugs because certain coaches won't accept you if you're not okay with it. Mm -hmm. um, and also me as a coach, I'm not going to run you on things. I don't like, I know a handful of drugs other than that. I'm clueless. So those are something to remember when you're asking um be open and honest with them about anything first of all but mm -hmm. second i would say there's a big debate between flexible dieting and not flexible dieting and meal plans versus you know all this stuff so if you're one of those people who's like i am not willing to give this up and i need flexible dieting like like prep you need to find a prep coach who cares about flexible dieting mm -hmm. which i care about it up until a few like a few months out i'm not going yeah. to let you flexible diet your meals close to a show that's my own personal decision and opinion and a so good that. coach won't yeah <laughs> like and there's a difference between you know and i think it's important that people understand the difference of flexible eating as a lifestyle where you're just you know you're eating pretty much what you want you're trying to hit a calorie total maybe you know try and hit your protein goal you know and not eat like an asshole versus flexible dieting in a prep where you can have chicken, you can have tilapia, you can, you know, you, you have to be careful with how much beef, you know, you can have turkey, you can have a few different vegetables. So there still is some options and it's not necessarily the same thing every day, but you are likely not eating pizza and burgers. And oh, no, no, no protein. Well, you can do protein powder maybe, but like no protein bars. You're not doing mixes, nothing mm -hmm. from packages. Like we're keeping yeah. this shit as whole food as possible. We're doing the paleo diet practically. Like right. give me some Give me some greens, some nuts. Mm -hmm. like. <laughs> so it is, you know, so you know, again, so when you're talking to your prep coach and asking them how are they, how do they run their diets? Is there flexible? Is it options? You do want it to be flexible in the sense that you have options, which we touched yeah. on before, but it is not flexible eating. There is no. a difference in a, prep, in a prep. a difference. And if you're not willing to give up food or to put in hours and hours a day of meal prepping and eating and working out, then you shouldn't even try to do bodybuilding um mm -hmm. and then third i would say 
make sure your coach aligns with your beliefs. Mm -hmm. and to, to figure that out, how much time are they giving you? Are they doing a face-to-face -face call? Are they doing multiple phone calls with you? Are they vetting you first before just throwing you into the bucket? Like, yeah, I got another one today. Like, mm -hmm. you know, do they talk about mindset or anything that's going to help you further yourself um, or help you become stronger in a spiritual and mental way? Or are they all just about, here's your meal plan, here's your workout plan. And if you're a person who isn't connected to your spiritual or emotional side, I don't think you should be competing. But if you are, and you just want the meal plan and workout plan, cool. Don't go for a coach like me because that's not the shit you're going to get. <laughs> but I also think that that's the shit that people need, especially in a prep. You know, you need somebody to be in your corner and that should be, that should be your coach, especially in a prep. You know, in a, in a coaching sense of when we're, you know, when I'm coaching more lifestyle clients, you do want to teach them the tools so that they can be by themselves, be independent. They're not relying on you. The goal is for them to take what they have learned and really have established those habits and they uh -huh. can continue on yeah, and they graduate, <laughs> you know, and they kind of graduate and they can go on their own and touch base with you. And, you know, you really want them to be self-sustainable. Yeah. People don't prep by themselves for a reason. Yep. <laughs> I have a coach for a reason. Like, are you joking? I would go insane by now. I'd be like, I'm cutting all my food. Like, right? you know, <laughs> but you know, and the mindset can, component of it is what I think a lot of bodybuilding coaches are lacking and that's what really stands, stands apart. The ones that are really good that are, how's your emotional state? How is your sleep? Uh -uh. How is your digestion? When did you get your period? Especially as a yeah. woman, right? Dude, you How need to know. Cycle? You need to, you need to know. And so it really needs to be more than somebody of, I've done two shows. Here's your meal plan. I can now prep you. You really need to understand the components of the mind and the heart alignment as well. Because like you said, you're going to have those days where you're crying and you're broken down and you really need to connect to your why. And the more you diet and the closer you get to show, the harder it is for you to do that by yourself, that you really need a coach like you who focuses 100%. on the mindset, focuses on the emotional, focuses on, you know, being, I firmly believe you are one of the few that are a heart centered and heart leading coach. So you're going to, you know, you're going to ask them, how are they feeling? What are they going through? How can I help you? And so, and support them through that time. Uh -huh. So and, you know, a great prep coach will push your show. Will say, no, you're not ready. Yep. Right? Yep. And, you know, you need to have that real conversation, I think, when you're researching, too, because when you send in your pictures and you see where you're starting from, you know, what does your coach say? Yeah, no problem. You got it. Sometimes. Yeah. Are they telling you that you can do a show in six months? Because I'm just letting you know now, unless you look kind of like my level of leanness right now, and they're telling you you can you could do a show in six months and you've barely worked out before, like literally hang up the phone. And one thing you, you kind of almost talked about that sparked an interest was people listening, but like females versus male coaches, like there's a difference in many ways when it comes to bikini competitions. Mm -hmm. But, you know, are you going to call your man and coach up and talk to him about why you're crying and like how you're constipated and your period hasn't came yet. And maybe your boyfriend was like bitching you out and now you're having a bad day and you want to binge eat. Like, mm -hmm. no, you're, I don't think so. So those are things you have to think about. <laughs> yeah. Are you comfortable again? Right. Having that, you know, some people, some females have a very successful um, career sticking with, with their coach who is a man. But oh, hundred percent. 
because they bring that mindset, they bring that support, they have that knowledge, they have that experience, they've been through it and they've coached many other people through it, right? Experience yep. really matters and yep. it's more than a plan. And I yeah. said the same thing about a life, you know, being, you know, being a, a mindset and a life coach that specializes in, in fitness and nutrition myself as well. I tell everybody that like, well, I just need a meal plan. I'm like, I'm not the coach for you. It's more than a plan and a prep, especially a prep. Um, it's all about the plan and then some, right? It's yeah. all about the plan. And then I think, I think that people forget and then some, that part, that and then part some. matters. And a lot, and a lot of them. Sorry, I was going to say, if your coach isn't, isn't a phone call away, then that's not the coach for you. Mm-hmm. What would you say has been the biggest positive thing that has come out of your bodybuilding career thus far? I'd say, huh. <laughs> you can name more than one. <laughs> Maybe my coaching business because it's led me to figure out my passion and my purpose a lot more than I probably would have before or maybe ever if Mm -hmm. I never took this road so like a little background history I mean I know I just dived into it but I went to school for exercise science thought I was going to be a nurse switched majors graduated with that was like what the hell am I supposed to do with exercise science and I I went to school so I could do either sports performance uh, is my internship or my heart was in cardiac rehab, pulmonary rehab. I thought it was cool, fun, whatever. Great job. But this little bird in my head was like, always telling me like, this isn't what you're meant for. You're meant to do more. You're meant to work for yourself. Um, like all these little things. So I think competing and going down this path has just given me like that passion, that purpose and helped me find it. What I was truly like meant to do, at least for this season of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah um it's probably helped me analyze people better so obviously my environment and my friends and relationships are a little bit stronger through the preps because mm-hmm. if you made it with me through my first couple preps <laughs> no <laughs> you survived <laughs> you're you win you can still be my friend or do you want to be my friend still that's the question right um (laughs) so I would say I would say that just like the little skills and things I've acquired along the way but the relationships that I've built and my career has been like the reward for me being Mm -hmm. able to know how I can serve other people and actually understand it finally for the first time in my life that's pretty cool yeah what would you say would be your one recommendation for anybody that's thinking right now, I want to get fit. I want to get healthy. I think I want to do a show. What would be your one question that you would have them ask themselves to know if they're actually ready to do this journey? Think of your favorite thing that you like to do that isn't related to like lifting. And ask yourself, are you willing to give that up for three months? Mm-hmm. Three, four, five, depending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and it could be anything. It could be drinking. Maybe you like to hike all, like, you know, there's certain things that you can incorporate. You can still go out and walk and hike and, and enjoy yourself and go to events, but you really can't do that 
much close to a show. You can pick, nitpick. So you can mm -hmm. do something maybe once a week or maybe every couple weeks you can get away. Maybe once a month you can go to a big event that's going to be hard on your body. But would, would you say it's then, are you willing to give up things short term for the long term goal? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm really bad at making questions. <laughs> but that's really, I think that's what you're saying, though, is, you know, the things that you love to do or the things that you're maybe doing regularly in your life right now, if competing and being in a show is important to you and is your vision and your goal, are there things that you're willing to give up right now? Yep. So that you can reach that goal and go along this journey. That doesn't mean you have to yeah, be, you have to be aware. There's different seasons. So mm -hmm. you have to be able to differentiate a season that mindset you need to push and when it's time to pull and change your mindset again. And if you're not ready to, to do those type of things and be really serious and committed, don't put yourself through this. There's no point. What is the point of competing? Like really mm. like ask yourself what the point is. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast and being on my show today. I, there's yeah. a ton of valuable information in here, especially for anybody who's thinking about competing, is wanted to compete, you know, or it's just their, maybe their idea and their impression of competing is just everything that they see on Instagram, which as we know from today is not necessarily all of the case. No. You can meet some really great people. You can create a really great tribe. You can really push yourself and see what your body is actually capable of. And you really can accomplish some amazing shit. You just yeah. do need to be prepared going into it. You need to be prepared for the short-term sacrifices in order for a long-term gain and really be mindful of your mindset because this is not just getting into a race. This is a whole other world and a whole level of a whole other level of dedication and mindset and mindset struggles that'll come with it. So having a really great coach and having somebody in your corner is extremely valuable and do your research, people do your research. So that being said, if there is anybody that's interested in, you know, competing into and, or getting into the bodybuilding world, uh, I, I'm going to post Ali's information here. So I'll post it into the comments. Uh, there will be a link on my Instagram as well. Um, feel free. So if you guys have questions or if you want to jump on the phone and, and talk with Ali about maybe what that looks like for you. And if that is an option, we are going to have a free giveaway and she is going to do a free coaching call with you to see if maybe you are the right fit to have a to be bikini coach. If you've got other questions or maybe you've got questions that you're not comfortable asking um, in person, that call would be the time to ask. So Yes, definitely. She's walked this road. She's done it. She is a bikini prep coach. Like I said earlier in the show, um, all of her athletes have have placed top five in any of the shows that she's done. So I will not prep people. I'm sorry, I won't. And I'm very, very particular in the coaches that I would suggest people to go to because I know how important mental health is and body health is going through bodybuilding myself. And so Ali is yep. somebody that I am proud to recommend and Thank guide you. people to. So again, I'll post all the information here. If you want yes. a coaching call, you will comment onto the Instagram. I will put all of our posts there. Feel free to contact Ali directly as well. Yep. I know she would love to answer any questions that you have and maybe see if bodybuilding and competing is the road and the path for you. Again, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Thank you again, Ali, so much for coming on and just keeping um, it real, honest, raw, and uncensored as fuck because that's how we like to Love it. it. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. <laughs> and hopefully with coronavirus 19, your show isn't canceled. But oh, <laughs> well, maybe that's the universe telling me that I need some more time. <laughs> maybe but again right you know that i know that'll be a conversation that you have with a coach because coaching 
matters. Yeah. And, as, and as leaders into legends, as such, we are leading with our heart and leading with great intention. I know you always come to the best decision that aligns the best with you. Right. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Bye. Uh, see ya. <laughs>